Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 6th of May 2012, entitled, Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. And the Bible reading is Psalm 23. Here's Brother Michael Schmidt. I had a busy day uh, yesterday, a lot going on and very late, and I was quite tired this morning when I woke up, and um, I realized... I am very tired and I need God's help. And that was my prayer this morning. God, please help me. I, I, need, I need your strength uh, to be able to give this message I want to give to you right now. And um, God answered prayer uh, wonderfully. Um, just at the start of the service, 11 o'clock, um, God gave me such a joy just to be here. My, my feelings of tiredness were, were gone and all I could feel was being, have, having a joy to be for one thing, being among you is a joy, um, but the other thing is um, to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to speak about him to you. And that's what I want to do. We've already sang uh, Psalm 23, which will be our text for this morning. Um, so if you'd like to open your Bibles to Psalm 23, we'll read through um, that psalm together. And if you would like to stand uh, for the reading of God's word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want... He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Just remain standing for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this privilege of being uh, able now to share from your word, and uh, I ask for your help because I know I need it. I'm not able to accomplish anything uh, this morning without your help. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be among us, that he would convict us, that he would convert, and that he would comfort. And uh, I pray that we would all go from here, um, yeah, joyful in our Lord Jesus Christ and in who he is and what he has done for us and the joy of knowing him. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So if there's one thing I want you to go away with this morning, one thing to remember, it is from this very first uh, verse, it is, all that you need is found in Jesus. And if that is too much of a phrase to remember, those how many words? Seven. All that you need is found in Jesus. Then just remember three of those words. You need Jesus. And uh, I hope that as we look at this psalm, that that will be what becomes clear to you this morning. Um, it starts out, the psalm saying, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does that mean? I shall not want. Does that mean I shall not have any desires? I shall not have any wants and no dreams, nor hopes, no ambitions? Um, of course, that's not what it means. Um, not, not wanting means not lacking anything, not missing anything. But in what sense does it mean not lacking anything? Because we do know of Christians that do lack some things. There may be those that are persecuted, they don't have freedom. There may be um, others that are lacking certain things in life that they don't have and, and missing things. 
But I believe what this means is that we will not lack anything that God knows is good for us. Um, take this from Psalm uh, 34, verse 9 and 10, where it says, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And Psalm uh, 84, verse 11 says, The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Now, having said this, we've already made a big assumption. Um, those are some wonderful truths, of course, to know the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Nothing good will be lacking. And, and when we look at the rest of this psalm, those are some wonderful truths. But we are making one big assumption, and that is that we know the Lord is our shepherd. Um, if you think for a moment, looking at this psalm, who is the writer of Psalm 23? Not too difficult. <laughs> Should I hope. David, yes. How do you know it's David? It says in the Bible text, the Psalm of David, I forgot to read it actually, it's part of the psalm, but um, it says there. Now imagine it did not say a Psalm of David, and imagine you are reading this text and you didn't know it was from the Bible, you didn't know what time it was written, um, you didn't know where it came from. What would you, you say, who is the writer of this text if you were asked? Yeah. Sorry? Jesus? That's not the answer I'm looking for, but in a sense that's true because God inspired the Bible. A shepherd? Getting closer. <laughs> Maybe a sheep, of course, because it is written, the Lord is my shepherd. From the perspective of a sheep, this, this psalm is written. Um, and so interestingly, when we think about David in his early days, we know he was a shepherd. And yet he says, as a shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. He knows what it is to be a shepherd, but he realizes that he needs an, a shepherd over him. And um, what is also I saw interesting also in the next psalm, in, in Psalm 24, which is also a psalm of David, we see there that what was David's other profession that he was famous for, probably more famous for, was being a king, king of Israel. And in, in the next psalm, um, we see that David's, uh, as a king, sees his need for a king. If we just look at the end there, Psalm 24, verses 7 to the end. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, uh, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. So we see David the shepherd sees his need for a shepherd, and David the king sees his need for a king. Now the question for you this morning is, do you know the Lord Jesus as your shepherd and as your king? Um, an author of a book I was reading, he says this, We have no rightful claim upon God's providence unless we are his children. We cannot say with any confidence or certainty, I shall not want, unless we can say with confidence and certainty, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, so these, this is a wonderful psalm, one of the most wonderful psalms that is quoted all over the world and by many people. But it all depends on whether you can say, the Lord is my shepherd. 
And if you can't say that, then you have to add in one, ver one word in the, in the first verse and say, the Lord is not my shepherd. And that changes the psalm around completely. Um, it makes the beautiful psalm to a psalm that is frightening and terrible. If we say, the Lord is not my shepherd, I, I'd like to read out what it would mean, uh, how, the, how the psalm would read if we say, the Lord is not my shepherd. The Lord is not my shepherd. I shall be in want. He does not make me to lie down in green pastures. He does not lead me beside the still waters. He does not restore my soul. He does not lead me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear evil, for you are not with me. Your rod and your staff do not comfort me. You do not prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You do not anoint my head with oil. My cup is empty. Surely goodness and mercy will not follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell separated from the Lord forever. That changes the psalm around something that is really terrible, the, the most beautiful psalm to probably one of the worst psalms. Um, if you do not know, the Lord is your shepherd. And that is true for many people today. They don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their shepherd. And those truths are true of their own life. Um, why is that the case? Why, 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 don't, why would this psalm have to be like that for many people in the world today? And the main reason is that we have all forsaken the Lord. We've all forsaken the shepherd, and we've all gone our own ways. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned away one to his own way. See, we are people, and we don't want somebody to be over us. Um, we maybe as, don't want a king over us. We don't want people to, to rule over us, to have to say, do this, do that, this is right, this is wrong. Um, we want to be completely independent. Um, and even here in the UK, in England, where we have a monarchy, and where the queen maybe, she she can't tell us really a lot to, what, we're, what we're to do. She is more of a, a figurehead, a representative. But even in that kind of a situation, people don't even like the monarchy. I was listening yesterday on the, on the way back. Uh, I was coming back late last night from a conference, and there was a FA Cup final, and I heard there was discussion about um, people that were booing during the national anthem and, and, and the respect that people did not have uh, towards the Queen and the national anthem. And it's, and it's not even because the Queen has much say in their life, but they don't even want any kind of association or attachment in any way. Even They can't even handle the idea of somebody being over them. And we don't realize many times when we go away from the king, when we go away from the shepherd, that we do need somebody over us to, um, as a king and as our shepherd. And that has consequences. Um, going away from the Lord, of course, is... Uh, sin and uh, it is described in the Bible in various places also as the consequences of sheep who are without a shepherd. Um, the consequences of sin are showed in the, in the same way as sheep without a shepherd. For example, in, in Matthew 9, verse uh, 36. But when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So Jesus sees the people, and he sees they're like sheep without a shepherd. And what is their situation? He says, 
They're scattered abroad. They don't have any direction. They don't know where they belong. And, and, and their condition is that they're fainting. They're at the end of their strength. Um, in Zechariah 10, 2, it says, For the idols have spoken vanity, and the diviners have seen a lie, and have told false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore they went their way as a flock. They were troubled, because there was no shepherd. Here we see another picture that the sheep that don't have a shepherd, the ones that go their own way, they're trusting in other people or in other things that promise them things. And uh, they'd run after promises that are not true. It says, The idols have spoken vanity, and the diviners have seen a lie, and they have told false dreams. They comfort in vain. And because of that, they, they run after what is false and wrong. They run after Satan's lies that says you can live independently from God. And they're troubled because of that. One more illustration is in Ezekiel 34, verse 5 and 6. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search, uh, did search or seek after them. So here we have the ultimate picture. They are scattered. They don't, have, don't know where they're going, don't have anybody to take care of them. And it says, conclusion, they became meat for all the beasts of the field. They are about to be killed um, by the wild animals. And that's what sin leads to is, is death, is uh, eternal death. And uh, so when we turn away from God, when we go our own way like those sheep uh, that leave the shepherd, then we are also headed for destruction. We are also having a false hope. Um, we don't have any real hope without the shepherd. And, and we, as, a, as sheep, we cannot save ourselves, is also. But the good news, of course, is that God, the shepherd, he gives hope. And that is the beauty of the gospel. It's not just a, a shepherd who is waiting for you to, to return to him and welcomes you back into his field and to his, his fold. It's much more than that, because God is going after his sheep to find them, to seek them, to rescue them. Um, you see that in the parable of the lost sheep, how the, he leaves in 99 and goes after the one, and he carries it at home. And God is looking for the lost sheep to save them. In Ezekiel 34, 11 to 12, it says, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And the wonderful thing about this, this is not just a figure of speech, a way of saying the way that God is, is something like, like that, but that is what he really did. Uh, when Jesus came to this earth, he came from heaven to earth to seek us and to save us. He says um, in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. That is why Jesus came to this earth, to save us. And not only to seek us and to save us, but we also see that when he did that, Jesus gave everything. He gave his all for us. In John 10.11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That is the basis of 
this psalm, if if we belong to Jesus as our shepherd, if we uh, have been found by him and saved by him and know him as our shepherd, then we can truly say and with joy that these truths in this psalm, we can say they are true of us. And so we will have a look at these next uh, few verses and see what the psalm says about uh, these people who belong to Jesus, who know him as their shepherd. In verses 2 and 3, we see that the Lord leads us. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Twice in, in these two verses it says that the Lord leads us. Uh, in verse 2 it says, beside the still waters. And in verse 3, in path of righteousness. And um, in verse 2 it also says that he makes us lie down in green pastures. Um, what what would what would that mean? What what is uh, what is in our mind when we think about green pastures? Of course, here when we are in England, we know what green pastures are. There are many places where there are green fields and sheep, and uh, and there's even a song I was thinking of this morning, Jerusalem, uh, and did did the Holy One or the Holy Lamb of God? What was the Holy One of God upon England's pleasant pastures seen? And we think about these beautiful green pastures. Um, now, the problem with that song, beside the fact that there's no basis for believing that Jesus uh, was in England when he was on, on this earth, but um, you may wonder, well, they, maybe they chose that because it would have been more difficult to make a more beautiful sounding song if you were... Uh, true to the facts when it was in Israel, because in Israel, you don't have those green, pleasant pastures. It's a lot more uh, like a desert there. And uh, I mean, I've not been there, but I've seen uh, photos and and places, and there is not this wonderful, beautiful green pastures as we have over here in England. And uh, so in, in, in Israel, when we think of a shepherd and what it was like there for the people there, Um, when it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, um, when God leads us, when the shepherd leads us there, there are those spots and places among the wilderness where there is green, Um, but the shepherd knows where that is, and he brings the sheep and his sheep to to those places um, so that they have enough that they can eat. But there's not so much, uh, there's only always enough, just enough for what they need. It also then says in verse uh, 3, He restores my soul. Um, We may have a a picture of, okay, that means something like, He refreshes my soul. Um, The the word actually in the Hebrew means to turn about, to convert, to repent. And uh, we see that God, when when we come to Him, when He is involved in our salvation, He's involved from the very beginning, and He's involved in all of those things. In verse 4, then we see that the Lord protects us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We can see that God is with us in the most difficult of times, and he carries us when, when our strength is not enough to, for us to walk and to move ahead. You may know the poem uh, Footprints, where it talks about a person who is walking, he sees 
he's walking along the beach and he looks back upon his life and he sees the footprints in the sand and and then he asks the Lord, he says, well, I see that there are two footprints, uh, pairs of footprints in the sand, uh, one of mine and one of the Lord, but in the difficult times of my life, I only see one pair of footprints. Why did you leave me in those times? Why weren't you there for me? And, and the reply of the Lord, of course, is it was in those times that I carried you. But then we ask ourselves the question we see here, um, so I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That sounds like a terrible place to be. Um, and you wonder, how does the sheep get there in the first place? Um, surely that's not a place where a shepherd would want to bring his sheep if it was a good shepherd. Maybe is it because of sin that the, she that the sheep has uh, ended up there? I, I think from the context here, it seems that it's the shepherd still that is guiding the sheep through this valley. Um, and it's not necessarily something because of sin or so. It is something that everybody uh, will experience going through those valleys. And it seems a shepherd is leading his sheep through this valley. But why would a good shepherd want to do that, to bring a shepherd, uh, to bring the sheep to such a terrible, uh, frightful place? Um, and the only reason I can imagine is probably to bring the sheep to a better place. And to get to a better place, it is sometimes necessary to go through difficult places. Um, and God uses the worst situations in life and, and life's experiences uh, for, for good and for his glory. We can see that in the life of Joseph in the Old Testament, where Joseph was sold into slavery, where he was wronged over and over again. He was in prison, and, uh, but God used that um, and he was able to say at the end that you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And of course, we see when we look at the biggest, greatest sin in the world, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the worst, the worst sin that anybody has ever done was, was to crucify uh, the Lord. And yet he used that for the greatest good, um, for his own glory and for our salvation. And when I look at my own life and my experience, I remember... I remember that the hard times were those times where I, where God really drew me very close and near to him. I remember being here in 2004 as I was finishing up uh, my studies at Aston University. And um, I was getting ready to go to Ireland for my job, the job that I, I had. And I had um, nobody I knew in Ireland and had no idea what awaited me there. And uh, I remember on my last Sunday, being here and, and and crying a lot, uh, and uh, and then arriving in Ireland and uh, again not having any friends, uh, not having a church. Of course, I found a church um, in the end, but uh, in the initial stages, it just was me and uh, and the Lord. And in those times, I sought the Lord, and uh, He became very precious to me, and He comforted me, and and. Um, that is a time, even though it was difficult, that is a time I can say it was not something I, I would want to not have. Um, it was a really time that God uh, helped me, in the, uh, even though it was difficult. Um, and so there are other times in our lives, I think you can probably say similar things to hard times that you have experienced, um, but you've come close to God and, and he has comforted you and helped you and built your trust in him. If we look at the next verse, we see that the Lord provides for us in verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. 
Thou anointest uh, my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So here we see God providing for his children, for his sheep. And um, it even says, in the presence of mine enemies. Even in, in the midst of tribulation, of, of um, warfare or whatever, God provides for you and gives you what you need. And I had to think of the story of Gideon when we... When we find, when we first hear, read about Gideon in the Old Testament, we find him hiding away from the Midianites, being afraid in all of this warfare, and uh, and uh, and God comes to him, and he realizes that he has an encounter with God, and and um, all of a sudden he does not have a fear of man, but he has a fear of God. And, uh, and because of that experience, then he builds an altar and he says, he names the altar, the Lord uh, is my peace or something like that, uh, Jehovah Shalom. And uh, so here we find him just completely hiding away, afraid, and he has an encounter with God and he says, I can have peace with God uh, in no matter what situation. And God knows and gives us exactly what we need. His plans for us are better than our own plans. Ezekiel 34, 14 to 15 says, I will feed them in a good pasture, and upon the high mountains of Israel shall, they, uh, shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord. And finally, the Lord desires fellowship with you. In verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'd like to consider a few things that we can say about fellowship with Jesus. First of all, fellowship with Jesus is good. Um, goodness and mercy shall follow me. We have already seen in this psalm uh, the Lord's guidance, his protection, his provision. And now we see his goodness and his mercy to us. It says, goodness and mercy follow me. And, uh, and when we read that, maybe we have a picture of somebody walking along a road. And then you have goodness and mercy and they're walking behind. And, um, but it's, the word follow that is used here is a very uh, strong word. Very, um, when we read it in another passage in Judges 4.18, uh, for example, I'll read a moment, but it has the meaning of to pursue or to persecute. Um, so the same word is used here in Judges 4.18. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Harosheth of the Gentiles, and all the hosts of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. You have somebody just pursuing after with the desire, just, I'm going to hunt these people down, I'm going to kill them and destroy them, I'm going to give, let nothing stop me to, to, to kill these people in the warfare. And similar in Psalm 143.3, For the enemy hath persecuted my soul, he hath smitten my life down to the ground, he hath made me to dwell in darkness uh, as those that have been long dead. So this word is just like somebody with an intense desire, I'm going to, I'm going to get you no matter what, uh, whatever it costs me, I'm going to uh, get to you. And in the same way, God is to us with, with his goodness. He says, no matter what happens, no matter uh, 
what you do, I, my goodness will get to you. It will reach you. Nothing's going to stop that from happening. And uh, I've, I've also seen that in my own experience where, where I, I have believed and maybe at many times I failed God and I did not deserve his goodness. And yet he was over and over again good to me and, and merciful to me. So fellowship with Jesus is good and fellowship with Jesus is only possible for those who belong to him. In John 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So Jesus knows his sheep. He knows who are the ones that belong to him. And it is those that hear his voice and that follow him. And then also fellowship with Jesus begins in this life. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. This is not just something that we will have when we go to heaven. After we die, we will have fellowship with Jesus. No, we have fellowship with Jesus right here and now in this life. Every day we can enjoy fellowship with him. But of course, also fellowship with Jesus will last forever. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, we can be assured that not only in this life do we have a life with Jesus, but for all eternity we will be with him in heaven. In John 10, 28, 29, he says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And lastly, fellowship with Jesus is not about you. Uh, this whole psalm, as a matter of fact, is not about you. It's about Jesus. Jesus does not need you, but you need Jesus. What is your desire when you think about, what, what do you think about when you think about having fellowship with Jesus? What does that mean? And when you want fellowship with Jesus, is it, um, Lord, I'm here. I'm doing these things. Will you please come and, and bless what I'm doing and be near to me? And uh, many times that's the way that we think. Um, but maybe our, that is the wrong kind of perspective of having Jesus come down and being involved in our lives and our purposes. Maybe our perspectives should really be more, Lord, I want to be near to you. I want to be involved in what you are doing in this world. And, uh, and that is, I think, what David also expressed in Psalm 27, 4, where he says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. David's eyes, David's desire was towards God, and to be uh, close to him, a fellowship with him, to know him better and to know him more. And so when we recognize what our need, that our need for God is so great, then we should also be running after him, seeking after him, and not uh, the other way around, even though he does seek after us. But our, we should all the more be seeking after him because we need him. Uh, we need him and he does not need us. Um, so don't look for the blessings, for the benefits, um, that you receive from the Lord, but look for the Lord himself. 
And God is greater than all of his gifts. Um, he has everything. He's the one we are to worship. And the question is, is Jesus your shepherd? And uh, in closing, um, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your shepherd, then the Bible says that you are one of these lost sheep. And um, we also have heard about the truth that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. And what you can do today is to cry out to Jesus for salvation and ask God to give you a new heart and that you will become also one of his sheep and know him as your shepherd, as your king. If you've never done that before, if you would like to talk to somebody, please feel free to talk to me, to the Pastor Larry, to somebody else here in the congregation you may know um, who is a Christian, and they will be very pleased uh, to help you and to show you from God's word how you can become his child. If you are here and you are a Christian, then be reminded of these facts. Jesus leads you. Look to him and follow him. Jesus protects you. Find a refuge and trust in him. Jesus provides for you. Taste and see that he is good. Jesus wants fellowship with you. Spend time with him. All that you need is found in Jesus. Um, Psalm 95, uh, 6-7 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. The Lord Jesus is your God and is your maker. Worship him. All that you need is found in Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful psalm. I thank you for Jesus Christ, who is our good shepherd. I thank you that he came to save us, to seek us, to save us, that he gave his all for us. And I thank you for the privilege that we have of knowing him, of loving him and of, of being loved and being known by him. And I pray that if there's anybody here today that does not know Jesus as his shepherd, that today you would work in, in his person's heart and draw him to you and that this person too might become a new creature and uh, know that they have eternal life in you. And I pray for each one of us who knows you. I thank you for your gift of salvation. I thank you for rescuing us from a certain death and uh, giving us eternal life. And I pray that we would seek the Lord more and more and uh, seek to be involved in his purposes, doing his will and following him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.